your client's emergency or sense of urgency, whether it's real, fabricated, or otherwise, does not constitute an emergency for you. Like you do not have to stop and drop and be at their beck and call just because they're flustered and they want something done right away. Welcome to Making Website Magic, where we empower women to step boldly into their web design businesses, follow their intuition, and claim the success they're worthy of. I'm Sam Munoz. And I'm Karen Page. We're the tech wizards behind Sam Munoz Consulting and the Making Website Magic School of Business. We're two women here to talk about what it actually takes to run a web design business that's aligned with your vision. Spoiler alert, it probably isn't what you think it is. Ready to hear about everything from refining your business vision, networking with intention, and creating a magical client experience? Let's do it. Well, hello there, Karen. Hey, Sam. How's it going? It's going super well today. Very interested in the topic at hand, and I want to rush into it. Pun included. <laughs> Dang it. Well, I meant pun intended. Pun intended. Yeah. Pun intended fully. So today's episode is all about urgency versus emergency, right? Your client's urgency is not your emergency. You know what it's making me think of actually? Do you know that like, it's probably like an 80s song, but it's like, urgent, urgent. I won't say anymore for copyright purposes, but we will link it in the show notes. I'll find the name of it. And it says urgent emergency. And it's great. And whenever you're faced with an issue around your client's urgency, I invite you to turn on that song just to get you in the zone. But seriously, in all seriousness, this comes up all the time, right? Clients coming to us with these like urgent requests, hair on fire. And as someone that deeply struggles with anxiety, those kinds of moments bring about a lot of stress for me personally, right? Getting that urgent email that says, you know, all caps, important. I need help right now. I need you to fix this today. I need you to look at this on this Friday night at 11 p.m. I've definitely been there. I'm sure plenty of people that are listening have been there. And that's why we're talking about it because clients will come to us with urgent emergencies, but that doesn't necessarily have to mean that those become our emergencies. Yeah. And it actually makes me think of like, are those emergencies that our clients come to us with, are they even real emergencies? Oh, true. Is it something that can wait until Monday? That's truly what we're talking about is almost the discernment, right? Of is it an emergency? Really helping your clients understand what is and isn't an emergency. And then also like, how do you create policies in your business to support the inevitability that a situation like this will happen? And honestly, I think that before we even talk about like the strategy and mindset and all of those things, I'm kind of thinking like, how can you set yourself up to where your clients, they're obviously going to do whatever they do, right? Because we can't control other people. But how can we set things up in our business to where our clients feel a little bit more empowered themselves so they don't freak out and like come to us with emergencies in the first place? I know that that's not necessarily like the topic that we're discussing, but it is like a, it's like a prequel, right? Because it's like, how can we communicate with our clients ahead of time that like, for example, we're going to migrate your domain from this domain to this domain. And because of that, it's going to take 48 hours to propagate that. Okay. So if you, if you go to your website and it looks like it's down 
or if you go to your website and it's showing something different than what we are launching, that's why. And so like good communication, I think is kind of a theme in general when it comes to clients. And we talk about it a lot on the podcast, right? Like communicating with your clients well. And I know we have an upcoming episode on like boundaries and expectations and things like that. And that is a part of the discussion today is just like communicating well with our clients throughout the entire process. And so I kind of want to like just mention that as like a a quick tip in terms of this whole like managing client urgencies is that like the more we can communicate with them and be upfront and let them know what might happen during a project or whatever, we could potentially mitigate this from happening at all. However, the discussion today is really, okay, once they do come to us with a urgent request, how do we approach that? Yes. And that makes me think of a a lovely word that I've really been like luxuriating in recently. And that word is policies. I know the word policies is great. Uh, It's just shiny and sparkly and like lacquered in gold. So, okay. Like you said, like, how do we deal with this when stuff like this comes up? Sometimes we don't actually know because this might be the first time that we are being presented with this issue, right? So you might end up going into the situation and then you come out of it and you're like, Hey, I think I want to create a policy around that now that I've been through it. And this isn't a service that I want to provide to my clients, like having urgency around like last minute things or emergencies, et cetera. Or I do want to create those expectations and communicate more clearly, which I didn't do this time, et cetera, et cetera. That's a really good point, Karen. It's almost like forgiving yourself too, if you have had these situations in the past and or recognizing that like maybe you have not yet experienced a client coming to you with urgency and just being aware that you can do the policies and things that we're going to be discussing in this episode. I think that's really important. Yeah. First and foremost, right? Like here we are with a platter of options for our listeners. Part of that is just right out of the gate, giving you this option of when you don't have to say yes. That's big. You're allowed to say no. (laughs) Yes. So this literally is like the title of the episode, right? Like your client's emergency or a sense of urgency, whether it's real, fabricated, or otherwise, does not constitute an emergency for you. Like you do not have to stop and drop and be at their beck and call just because they're flustered and they want something done right away. Ooh, this is so deep, right? Because I know we have a magic minutes topic on this and I'm sure we'll pull this into a deeper episode on the podcast in the future, but just that like relationship that we have with our clients that is coming up so much in the podcast lately about, you know, are we their employee? Are we a contractor? Are we their peer? Are we working for them? Are we working with them? And truly when we have healthy relationships with our clients and healthy professional relationships with them, I think it becomes easier to cut that almost like emotional reaction to their urgency. You know what I mean? Because then we can say, I have a policy that I don't work after 5 p.m. And so I understand that this is happening, but I will get to it tomorrow at 9 a.m. when I'm back online. And that doesn't really become available until we believe that we can say no to things. And we do create some like policies that allow us to break the ties of that urgency. Yeah. I mean, we can dig into this a little bit later when we have the episode around boundaries and expectations, but it's important to notice when your clients have a sense of urgency, when are they communicating to this to you? Is it coming in like Friday at seven o'clock in an email? Is it coming in on the weekends or outside of your office hours, essentially, right? So a simple policy could be like, 
if you're not checking, if you have a policy for your company around when you check email and when you check communication channels with your clients, you might not even receive their urgent message. That's kind of the best, honestly. When I know, I remember when I started really being super diligent about when I did and didn't work and when I did and didn't check email specifically, my life opened up big time because I would get an email at Friday at 11 p.m. and I would go check it and I would see it and I would be like, I have to handle this right now, right? And all of a sudden my weekend, the thing that I've been excited for, you know, the life that I'm building my business into is being curtailed by someone else's urgent request. But Karen, here's the thing. I don't want these people to hate me, right? Like I want to help them. So how how can I hear that their urgency is not my emergency? It is though, isn't it? Like I don't want them to hate me. If it's a policy, it comes from a place of neutrality. It's not about them hating you or loving you or taking advantage of you. It's like, these are policies that I've created. And so those are like my buffer and my shield against that, right? And again, going back to like clear communications expectations, which we're going to dig into when you are clearly communicating that you're unavailable, that changes things, right? Or how can you prove that they're going to hate you? Because that comes from like, it can also come from like the way you communicate, the approach and the attack sort of thing. To your point about like policies, it's also making me think that like, those are the policies of the business, right? And so when we worry about like, I don't want this person to hate me or have negative feeling towards me, I like to think that it's not as possible if it's the policies of the business. And I just happen to be someone that works in the business, right? So it's like, yes, you're a company of one, but your business has a policy that you don't work on the weekends and you're just following the rules. You bring up a very good point, and and this is definitely going to require a deeper discussion. And we, when you think of, I don't want someone to hate me, that makes me think of people pleasing, and, and we should devote an entire episode to that idea because it's also available to you to make your business less personal and less centered on who you are as a person. Like you said, it's just company policy. I'm just following the policies. It's like a detachment. It's a detachment of like you from the business. That is a deeper conversation, honestly, because that's also making me think about like how much of yourself do you really have to put into your business? And again, these things actually come up so often as like in in little ways throughout all the topics we talk about on the podcast. So it's just really interesting that it comes up here too, where it's just like, I feel like when someone needs or wants me right now and like wants me to like stop what I'm doing and help them then I'm a bad person. I'm saying this, you know, trying to like get into the uh, heads of the listener, right? I feel like they might think that I'm a bad person when in reality, it's just that your business has rules and your business has has made boundaries around when and how you work. And it doesn't have to be that you're being mean. Again, it's the delivery is really important too. Like the way that you communicate, like, hey, we're not available, but here are your options or here's what you can do next or here's when I'm next available. That's really big and important, a big shift. Again, when we're thinking about taking like feelings out of the questions or the requests, et cetera, like really take an opportunity to rely on your expertise and discern when something is urgent and when it isn't, and then communicate that in a way that feels like very neutral to your clients. Absolutely. And this is making me think of two strategies that I want to share regarding urgency with your clients. The first is setting up an autoresponder, and then the second is creating a rush fee policy. So first strategy, let's spend some time here. I like to have an autoresponder active on my email at all times. 
And in this autoresponder, I have a few very key things, business hours, where to go for support if I'm not available, and then when I typically respond to emails. So communicating availability, right? Communicating when you can expect a response. And then truly, most importantly, where do I go if I do need help? When I created the autoresponder, I felt so free, Karen, because I was like, I did deal with that guilt. I think that there was a guilt factor happening where it was like, if I go off and like enjoy my life, go live with my family, like do all these things, and then someone's business suffers, someone is in distress about their website because I didn't see my email, because they didn't have my support, because they had some urgent request and I wasn't available. I felt bad, right? I felt like they were depending on me and I let them down. There's probably a level of people pleasing in there, sure. But the autoresponder really helped me feel free from that because I gave them a bunch of solutions, a bunch of options. If I'm not available and you need something urgently, here are a couple other people you can reach out to. Again, it's it's very client-centered, but it also fully supported me. And then it really allowed me to feel free. Like It's not my emergency. I'm not available. I've communicated that to them. I've given them these you know, boundaries and hours and things. And it's okay for me to adhere to them myself, which I know we're going to talk about that deeper later. But if I said on my email that I will respond to you in two business days, then I'll respond to you in two business days. And that's okay. And that right there is you being dependable and is you being reliable. Dependability and reliability does not mean 24-7 unfettered access. It means when I say I'm going to be there, I will. You can depend on me within these ramifications, right? And so like in your autoresponder strategy, that is dependable. That is reliable right there without the pressure for you to show up 24-7, 365. That is such a good point. I love that you said that. You said dependability doesn't mean unfettered access. That's a really, I think, we need to like hear that, right? Because sometimes it truly does feel like I have to be available 24 seven. And you know what? You don't, you really don't, you really do not. And again, communicating that with your clients and and explaining that to them ahead of time, or when you get a request and honoring those boundaries, super, super key to that. Easier said than done sometimes, right? Because those other feelings do come up, but there might be a little like hesitation. Like, am I feeling okay with implementing this? Yeah. Before we move on to the second strategy, which is like so juicy and I'm excited to talk about it, I want to give you a thought experiment here. If the tables were reversed and you came to your clients with a sense of urgency of, hey, I need this yesterday. I need your content and your copy and your images yesterday. This is an emergency. How do you think your clients would respond to that? Do you think they'd probably say, hey, you know what? Um, This isn't really urgent for me. Can we maybe wait until Monday for that? I'm busy. So the tables are are definitely tipped in favor of your clients in, in the situation of urgency and emergency. So that, again, is space for you to consider how much power you actually do have in the dynamic here. You probably have a lot more than you're giving yourself credit for, and you are invited to tap into that power. 100%. Thank you for saying that. Can we talk about the other juicy strategy? Yes, yes. And I'm like dying to talk about this because there are times when you want to say yes, right? You're like, I can support this. Maybe this is kind of an emergency, right? Maybe it is like white screen of death. They're in the middle of a launch and I want to support them. And the strategy is you can charge for the rush, 
for helping them through the emergency. You can have an emergency rate. And there are so many ways to do this. So many ways. And it's just like, you get to decide. I'm just going to say a couple options. You can have like a flat rate where you're like, anything that I do that is faster than like a three-day turnaround, I'm always slapping an extra $1,000 on it. That's my rush fee. That's one option. Option number two is, you know, just like in corporate America, there's overtime, right? You get paid time and a half. All right. So if you have an hourly rate, maybe double it. That's your new hourly rate during off hours, your emergency hours. That's an option as well. Third option, which is not really a rush fee, but is more like a long-standing thing for clients to have as an option, is having you on retainer and charging a lot of money for that because the value of it is that they have your support more quote unquote urgently. However, still within boundaries, 100%, unless you're charging them like 20 grand a month, no one's getting 24 seven support from me. (laughs) But those are three different ways that you can implement fees because again, you should be paid for your time. I remember I did a project one time and she came back to me a couple months later and it was, it was one of those 11 PM. I happened to open my computer and see it. And I decided, I was like, I am going to say yes to this because I, I'm just sitting around. It's fine. I, I get to choose it just like in my business, I get to decide when I want to work. That's fine. It goes both ways. You can decide that you don't want to work and then you can decide to say yes too. That's okay. But a rush fee was warranted. Didn't feel bad about it. Yeah. At the end of the day, we're building websites. We're not um, like emergency medical technicians. We're not dealing with busted pipes where sewage is leaking all over bathroom floors. So some things, yeah, they might be urgent, like white screen of death during a launch. And also they can still wait. But the, I, the great idea of like the fees and the policies and the retainers and things like that is just the simple concept of like, you can ask for it and I, I may be able to make it happen and I may not, but if I can make it happen, it'll cost you and that's okay. And they can say no. That's the thing is like, if you're feeling nervous about like, I don't know if I want to add this rush fee because I feel bad because I could do it. And I know that there are some ladies out there who are not even charging at all for that in the first place. They're just like, oh, I'll fix it right now and and charging $0, let alone a rush fee. But if you're ever nervous about sending that price over, remember they are allowed to say no. If they want it and need it that bad and they want you to do it, then they will pay you for it. Like period, end of story. Like, so you can put whatever rush fee you want on it because it is your time and you get to value that however you want to. Yeah. It's just like the mini bar in a hotel. You can pay $5 for a can of soda because it's right there, but it'll cost you. Or you can put on your clothes and your shoes and walk down to the corner store and get one for 75 cents, but it's going to take more time and you're going to probably have to wait. Right. The corner store's closed. <laughs> but the fridge in there <laughs> yeah. is not like, oh, I'll just be 75 cents also all the time, 24 seven. So we kind of just scratched the surface here on like boundaries, expectations, comfort levels with communicating with clients and power dynamics and relationships with clients. But at the end of the day, We've given you some great options and ideas for how you can how you can make this work for you in your favor. And also, you don't have to deal with it at all if you don't want to. Yeah, you can just say no. You can just say no. Hey there, listener. If you enjoyed the conversation Sam and I had today, we invite you to join the Making Website Magic community and continue the conversation with us. We created this space for web designers and developers who want to dig deeper into their businesses with other like-minded people in a way that's encouraging, safe, and brave. 
Inside the Making Website Magic community, you'll get access to exclusive content like secret podcast episodes, invitations to live virtual events hosted by Sam and I, and opportunities to ask questions and network with potential project collaborators. And it's free. Are you interested? Head on over to makingwebsitemagic.com slash community to get started. See you there. Thank you so much for listening to the Making Website Magic podcast. If you found this episode helpful, we'd love for you to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. This helps more women just like you find the show. Want to dig deeper into these conversations with us? Head over to the free Tech with Intention community at makingwebsitemagic.com slash community. Remember, you are more capable than you realize. Until next time, go make some website magic.